Welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including a camera that captures souls, the devil's dining room table, and a golem that runs a flower shop in hell. I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest things that happened to us this week. So what went down in your life outside of the scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? I'm reading what many have called the original true crime book. It's called In Cold Blood. It's written Mm. by Truman Capote. It's about a real crime that happened in Kansas where uh, a family is just in their home sleeping and one night people break in and shoot them with shotguns. It's very upsetting. Very scary. Okay. Seemingly, and don't steal anything, like, seemingly just for no reason. Seriously? Like, is it a hit? Or just to kill well, someone? That's like that's the question. Okay. Um, and it's very good, and it, it actually, like, follows the killers at the same time. And oh, so they did, like, it. solve it. Okay. Yes, so like a... they did solve it, okay. and it's just, like, deeply empathetic. It's a lovely book. It's very, it's beautifully written. Um, but the, the quote that got me, one of the friends goes and sees the family's bodies in their caskets, and they're just wearing normal clothes. Mm. But they got shot in the head with shotguns. And this is in like the 50s. So they didn't have like reconstruction technology. Yeah, so the I'm line they was, covered them up, right? Or did they actually show them the way the, their faces look? This is the quote. The head of each was completely encased in cotton. A swollen cocoon twice the size of an ordinary blown up balloon. And the cotton, because it had been sprayed with a glossy substance, twinkled like Christmas lights. Is there anything more upsetting than seeing your friend and her family with horrible, sparkled cotton making their heads look enormous? It's the most awful image I can imagine. It's so upsetting, Rox. That's horrifying. They couldn't just, like, I don't know, put a cloth over that. They had to wrap it? Closed like caskets, Yeah, dude. you just do a closed, <laughs> do a closed casket. casket. Unbelievable. Yeah. Very scary. Why? What's the scariest thing that happened to you this week, Rox? Wow, well, luckily it's not a true crime thing. It is the Twitter account called Fucked Up Cars. <laughs> and one the one in particular that got me is this car that looks like, what if cars from Pixar had real actual <laughs> teeth? Uh, that is the one that got me. But, like, this account in general has a bunch of very <sighs> interesting and terrifying cars to look at. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, that is I a highly- fucked up looking car. I highly recommend it. They've got ones that are like, they just encase an entire car in like cloth for some reason. Uh-huh. They've got one that just like the wheels are sideways. How does that work? <laughs> I don't get that. Um, they've got one that is say, just um, like, here's a wood hut that is somehow a car that is driving on the freeway faster than a normal car. <laughs> there is something uh, like this specific car you sent. It's a It's a car with the radiator grill removed and a realistic human mouth (laughs) photoshopped in Mm -hmm. there is like there's nothing that doesn't get more creepy when you add a realistic human mouth to it truly Uh, i think about the little kid on the bus from trick or treat who had like a bag over his head and he just had like a a photograph of a human mouth on the bag very scary Mm -hmm. very scary truly yeah here's the one where it's like all pink and encased in fur it's and it looks like a cat well that one's kind of cute yeah, but also, how do you even open that? That was like, if, I, it doesn't look like it has hinges. If I was super into anime, I would drive that car. Okay, like an old-timey 50s car with truck nuts. 
Oh, man. A lot of these two are like Frankenstein cars where they will like put two cars together. Hmm. Truly, it's like inspired creativity and horrifying creativity at work all, all at that's once. That's how creativity gets made. Yeah. So that's the account. Fucked works. up cars. That fucked up my week in kind of a good way, I guess, because it's cool and creative, but also horrifying. <laughs> Roxy, you know who's kind of a fucked up car? Who? For the soul of a demon. Mm, I see where you're going. Could it be the demon, the, the demon bot? Oh, and here he comes. Mikey and Roxy, this week you were assigned the 1997 film Wishmaster. Did you watch the film, or is my wish granted and I can finally claim your souls and take your bodies as my own? Roxy, I did watch Wishmaster. Did you watch Wishmaster? Yes, I watched Wishmaster from 1997. Then you may keep your souls. For now, if you wish. Uh-oh. I, I I saw the movie. I'm not going to say that word. Uh, I mean, nice I do want to keep my soul. And Roxy, listen, I don't think the demon bot has the Wishmaster's powers. I don't think he can summon the powers of the horror movie villain we've watched a movie of. I can sure he? hope he can't, but I'm not going to chance it. So how about, for anyone listening at the basement door, we do a plot summary for the movie Wishmaster. Perfect. All right. A narrator tells us that an ancient evil exists between worlds, a jinn. A jinn is all-powerful, but can only manifest that power through granting wishes. When the person who summons the jinn makes three wishes, it can free the legions of its kind from the spaces between, and they will take over the earth. In 1127, a jinn causes chaos and tries to manipulate his summoner to make a third wish to stop that very chaos. However, he is sealed into a magic gem and stopped before he can do that. In the presence, an antiques dealer, Raymond, is receiving a statue. However, the man operating the crane to lift the statue out of the boat is comically drunk and spills coffee, mixed with vodka, on his console. This makes the statue drop from the crane. It kills Raymond's assistant and smashes the statue. And of course, that smashed statue is revealed to be the resting place of the magic gem of the djinn. The gem is then stolen by a dock worker and pawned. Our main character, Alex, is playing tennis with her BFF, Josh, who wants to be her BF. (laughs) That stolen gem ends up with Alex, who works at an auctioneering company. She awakens the gin unknowingly and then drops the gem off with Josh for analysis because he does that kind of stuff for some unexplained reason. He's in charge of gem analysis. Yeah, there you go. Every college needs one of those. (laughs) The gem explodes and Josh is horribly injured. The djinn is now a gross little squiggly monster who asks if Josh wants to end his suffering. He agrees and the djinn rewards him with his wish by making him die in horrible agony, but quickly. Unbelievable. Granting this wish gives the djinn power. Now to be a bipedal creature who goes around the city granting wishes that twist those he grants them to into horrible outcomes. All of this is to gain his form back, you see. Eventually stealing the face of a dead man to blend in with human society, the djinn goes off to find Alex. Meanwhile, Alex learns about Josh's death and tracks down the statue from which the gem came from. The statue was bought by a collector, played by Robert Englund, a.k.a. Freddy, who then points Alex towards a folklore professor who tells her about the djinn. The djinn twists wishes into curses and hates humanity. He wants to bring his kind to Earth, but to do that, the one summoned him needs to make three wishes, and on the third wish being granted, the world as we know it will end. The djinn gets more Mm. powerful by collecting the souls of those he grants wishes to. 
This whole time, Alex has been seeing horrible visions when the Jin grants wishes. She now knows why they're connected. Some of those deaths include a man who wishes cancer on his enemy, a store clerk, who then bubbles into goo because that's how cancer works. It's just like uh, ingesting an acid. <laughs> a lady who wants to be beautiful forever and is turned into a mannequin with only her eyes being flesh for some reason and they roll back <laughs> into her head. Multiple times. We also see a guy who sees the djinn's true form desecrating a corpse who no longer wants to see that. So he gets his eyes gouged out. A cop who wants to put away a repeat offender gets an excuse to shoot that man when the man is twisted by the djinn and starts shooting up the precinct and kills many people. A security guard who won't let the djinn into a building and says, I'd like to see you go through me to get past him as a taunt. So the djinn warps him into the door and the djinn steps through him. And then the glass door shatters. And finally, a man wishes for a million dollars. So the guy's mom takes out a life insurance policy on herself at the airport for some reason, because I guess you could do that in 1997. And then the djinn crashes the plane. <laughs> Just bats it out the air. Alex then goes to the folklorist again, but soon realizes she is talking to the djinn, who is trying to trick her into asking for something. The djinn, you see, killed the folklorist lady and offers Alex a free wish. She says she wants him to blow his brains out. The djinn does so, but he's immortal and cannot die, so he just reforms and heals. Using the first official wish, Alex demands to know what the djinn is. This wish sends Alex to the gem zone, a place of suffering and torment where the souls he has captured are tormented constantly in an inescapable hell. The djinn is true evil, as are all his kind. <laughs> then threatens Alex, and she is forced to use her second official wish to escape back to her apartment alone. However, she now realizes that her sister is missing. Alex remembers her sister wanting to go to a party that collector man Robert England is hosting. So maybe she's there. Alex leaves for the party immediately. The bouncer at the party, played by Tony Todd, aka the Candyman, lets Alex into the party but does not let in the person chasing her, who is, of course, the djinn. The djinn tries to get the bouncer to make a wish, but it proves difficult. Eventually, the djinn gets through to him and makes him wish, accidentally, to end up in a Houdini water trap that we assume he dies in. Now inside the party, the djinn gets Robert Englund to wish that his party would be unforgettable. This wish causes unimaginable horrors to start happening <laughs> at the party. Monsters, transformations, transformations into monsters, dangerous shards of glass flying everywhere, living statues, stabbing people and running amok, cursed paintings coming to life that have Jack the Ripper in them for some reason. You know, <laughs> pure chaos. Alex then finally finds her sister, who is sealed away into a painting and is being lit on fire. The djinn is pushing Alex closer and closer to making her final wish. It's then that Alex realizes how to outsmart the djinn. She wishes that the foreman who dropped the statue was not drinking on the job the day when all this horror began. The djinn grants the wish and is then sealed back into his gem prison once again. Things are all working out as Alex has now gotten over her fear of losing those close to her and decides to ask BFF Josh, who is back alive, out on a date. See if she can turn him into boyfriend Josh. Why not, I guess? And then get a closing shot of the djinn, trapped, but very much alive and angrier than he has ever been, <laughs> as he growls at the camera from atop his torture throne within the gem, within the statue, within Robert England's house. <laughs> and that is Wishmaster, the first one. Dude, Wishmaster 1 kind of rules. 
I love this movie so much. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Roxy, there is uh, this movie begins and ends with party scenes. Yep. Where the gin has accidentally been wished into making it the craziest shit that's ever happened. And it just feels like an excuse for this silly director who um, is Robert Kurtzman, who I is he a special effects guy? I think he started in special effects, yes. It feels like this movie is directed by a special effects guy. It feels like this movie is a setup to make the silliest, goriest kills happen over and over and over in like, again, these big set pieces where there's just multiple things happening. Yeah, and they're using like practical effects for the most part. There's a couple things like with the security guard being morphed into the door and then mm-hmm. him walking through it and it shattering where obviously it's like a 1997 uh, computer <laughs> effect. But for the most part, the uh, effects they have are practical effects, and they look very fun. Right, we get, like, uh, in the beginning, in the, like, yeah, there's, like, a, a this initial party scene, there's just, like, a man who's been turned into a snake, <laughs> and he's just like, ah, Yeah, he's like a me. snake man, he's like, help me, sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> and then another guy who's, like, skeleton rebels and, like, rips out of his body and then bites yeah. people. <laughs> Imagine how scary it would be if your skeleton turned against you. Yeah, well, this movie shows you what that would be like, and it's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, they can just do whatever they want. Turning into a snake, not that bad. That guy was pretty cool. He looked like Reptile from Mortal Kombat. Uh, Without legs, though, that's kind of a problem. You've got to slither around. That's true. Or get really buff arms and just pull (laughs) pull yourself around on your buff arms. So... We've got this, this is kind of like the classic monkey paw trope, right? Where you make a wish and it comes back around on you and somehow isn't exactly what you want, but kind of evil. Yes. (laughs) I didn't didn't know anything more to say. Okay, I thought you were going (laughs) to add to it. Um, Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much a be careful what you wish for. And also just like, man, if you're dealing with a genie or something, you got to be really specific. You got to tell it exactly what you want. Don't leave any margin for error. Write up a contract for it. And then you make your wish. Don't just be like, Roxy, yeah, I wish my job was more exciting. And then he puts you in a Houdini trap. Right. Uh, it, it feels like this Wishmaster, Roxy, I would say is the opposite of the Robin Williams genie from Aladdin. Like, uh-huh. he doesn't want you to have a fun time and get the girl. He doesn't want you to have a friend like him. He wants you to have a bad night. Yeah, one of the things I like about him kind of that gives him dimension is that he actively hates humanity and just view- views them <laughs> as lesser than. They're like ants to him. And like, he is a being with immense power that can do basically anything. But the one mm-hmm. stipulation is that someone has to wish it or like request it of him. So he is limited by these lesser beings and his power is dependent on them, which also just makes me mad. That would make me mad, too. You've got infinite power, but you can't use it for yourself. You're mm-hmm. beholden to, like, these lesser creatures who are not immortal and can't do wishes. They <laughs> can't do mm-hmm. cool wishes. And I will say that's something that kind of bugged me about this movie is how inconsistent the magic rules were. I'm a big rules guy in movies. I want the rules to be situated. And this movie's pretty good at it. Like, the idea is, the rule is... The genie, I'm sorry, the djinn, can lead people to make wishes, and then he can yeah. trick them into enacting his infinite power. But it's very loosey-goosey. He's like, would you like to not see this anymore so he can stitch a guy's eyes closed? <laughs> like, yeah, I think it really should have just been dependent on them. 
the word wish. Like, if they just had to say the word wish every time, I think I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought about it for even a second. But yeah, it's because he could lead people into being like, would you like to? Do you want to? Mm-hmm. That scene where he's trying to manipulate Alex to wish for something when he's wearing that folklorist lady skin. He's like, do you want some water? And she's like, no. She's like, oh, it's kind of mm-hmm. hot in here. You want me to turn on the AC? She's like, no. So, like, even if she had just answered, yeah, I want the AC yes. on, you know, or like, then just he would have frozen yes. her to death. Yeah, exactly. Or like used up her wishes to get closer to basically get her to do three in a row. Very benign thing. So then you get the third one. Can I then pitch you, you my her. my way that I, if I were the Wishmaster, how I would have defeated what Alex? his name? Tony Todd? Oh, sure. The bouncer? Yeah. The bouncer, yeah. Uh, Wishmaster's trying to get into a party. There's a bouncer uh-huh. in his way. And he's like, hey, you can't come in. And I was like, oh, of course, of course, of course. Hey, did you want a Pepsi? And he would say, yeah. And then I would drown him in Pepsi, just like he did. Oh, okay. So exactly the same thing, just instead of water, you have Pepsi. I would do Pepsi instead, yeah. Perfect. And then the movie would get a little bonus sponsorship from Pepsi. Mm, see, that's that's a good point. I don't really mm-hmm. think I noticed any brand sponsorships in this movie. <laughs> that was another big problem I had. There were so many times when people were eating something, I was like, they could be eating Honey Nut Cheerios and getting a little check from Cheerios. Yeah, geez, wasted, wasted opportunity. <laughs> so can we talk about the Wishmaster himself and how much he just chews yeah. up the scenery in every scene? The way this guy <laughs> pronounces just any word. Like, the way he says wishes isn't just wishes, it's wishes uh, <laughs> Like that. And, and, like, every word is over-announced like that to, like, mm-hmm. spe- a spectacular degree. Like, it's what makes him so fun to watch. It makes him just as iconic as, like, a Freddy or a Chucky, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of, like, the horror pantheon. And yet, I don't, I don't think you had heard of this franchise until I suggested it, right, Mikey? Like, did you know Wishmaster existed before I was like, hey, let's do it? Absolutely not. This franchise is just, Which like, is in the dark. I never <laughs> heard of it. Yeah, it's so fun. And there's like four movies to it as well. Maybe even more than four? There's at least four. <laughs> uh, this guy is only in like two of the movies, though. So I'd only suggest watching oh. the ones with this. The Wishmaster makes these movies. If it is not this dude, then it is not mm-hmm. Wishmaster. I, everything uh, else his, is a pretender. His name is Andrew Devoff. Yes, there he we go. eventually ended Devoff. up on Lost, which is my favorite Mikey's show of all time. Show. Just crossovers all around, Mikey. Uh, and he was great. I love seeing actors from Lost. Everybody in Lost. In other things. It makes me like, I I do get a little thrill every time I see one of them. I completely forgot he was even in Lost. Uh, Robert Englund is in this movie also. Yep. Playing not Freddy. No, he's playing like this eccentric douchey collector dude and he does a very good job. He's like pretentious and a little, yeah, a little bit of a creep. His hair, Roxy, is so crazy. I wrote down that he, uh, he looks like he's a Sega Dreamcast character. Like, Wait, it's just, like got weird okay. spikes that he's like specifically combed down onto his hair, so it's got like this specific hairline of like spikes. It looks. Oh crazy. my god, I didn't crazy. even remember that. That makes me want to relook at him in this movie. I did not remember that at all. He's pretty good. And then we've also got Tony Todd, who's the bouncer. So we've got like, and uh, of course Tony Todd, very famously Candyman. Um, so we've got like two big cameos by them, and then also Ted Raimi. As the assistant mm-hmm. to Robert England, who, like, dies in the beginning in the inciting incident. So we, like, see him get yeah. squished by a container. Um, and then we see him not get squished by a container at the end of it <laughs> when uh, Alex sets it right. This movie is really a love letter to horror movies. It feels mm-hmm. like they're just, like, pulling in actors from great horror movies. They're doing all these effects that I would argue don't have a ton to do, like, 
they kind of don't play into the story and that's okay. Like they're just like, they wanted to get both the beginning and end of this movie to a place of pure insanity and they did a great job at it. It's so fun to watch these first two, I'm sorry, the first scene and the last scene and to just see this insane imagination. Yes, truly. It just feels like they're painting with special effects just to have silly fun things happen. Yeah, they were like, what if Jack the Ripper, there was a Jack the Ripper painting and Jack the Ripper stood like walked out of it and then killed a guy. Totally. <laughs> what if there was a statue that came to life and also killed a guy? <laughs> and it's uh, I, they specifically don't say what wish brought about the chaos in the opening scene, the uh, before Christ scene. The last scene, it's Robert Englund saying like, "I went to a party and like my friend's wife asked to get a divorce and like." threw a drink at him or something. It was like, that party was unforgettable. I wish I could throw an unforgettable party. And he's like, well, you can. <laughs> like, can oh, yeah. No, ready. he's like the last. I-, I remember like a certain sultan or something who had a party that was unforgettable. He was like, unforgettable. And then I thought it was that either way. Whether it was Robert hmm. England with that. I think they might have both had those anecdotes to then like get yes. him to be like okay make make the wish make the wish <laughs> yes i want it to be unforgettable okay as you wish or does he just say <laughs> granted granted says like a maniac. yep i will say there is a little bit of like I, I it's tough to gronk exactly what any character wants in this movie like hmm there's kind of this... Well, aside from the Wishmaster, obviously. Well, like, even the Wishmaster, it's like, he wants to get them to make the three wishes, but, like, why doesn't he just go to Alex? Like, he's, like, going to other people to, like, build he up his power. He doesn't know where she is yet. He's trying to track her down. So he's oh, working his way okay. up to being able to blend in enough so he can track her down, and also because he just doesn't know where well, she is. no, that's not true, because he sees her at the basketball game. They, like, he goes to a basketball that part, game. And that's that, something we haven't even So it's about. more like he has to find her and then do the cat and mouse game to get her to do what he wants, I guess. So, like... Mm, okay, yeah. I once he that. finds her, he's like, okay, she has a sister. She's important to her. I can use that against mm. her. Um, and just kind of being an overall predatory, taunting creepo. Uh-huh. It did feel like it, it had a little bit of, like, oh, he needs to taunt her because the movie isn't ready for them to confront each other mm, yet. I could see that, too. Uh, there, it, there was, like, a little bit of stalling, I guess, which, again, it got us to silly scenes where he's, like, tricking the art house dealer into uh, murdering his mother on an airplane. <laughs> like, all right. I'll, like, I'll, I'm happy to stall if we're getting these fun things. It's it's a great movie. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Mikey, what do you think of this Josh guy and his approach to trying to get his friend, who is his best friend, to go out on a date with him, to be, like, kind of pushy and manipulate her and be like, I'm casting a spell on you. Here's my hat. Uh, I couldn't tell if I was, maybe this is okay, or maybe he's just being kind of pushy. Yeah, I guess the the vibe I was definitely getting from that, and I kind of liked it, and I think that kind of will play into... What I think this movie is ultimately about, which I do think this, it's a mark of a good movie. I think this is ultimately about something. Yeah. This guy is like clear that his friend has feelings for him. He has friends for this, or he has feelings for this friend. And he can kind of sense that she is feeling it. And she can sense that she's feeling it. But she's like restricting what she wants. It's the like, Hmm. no, I don't want to eat a piece of pie when it's like, shut up, you actually want this pie and you're just saying you don't want it because it's the last piece and you're trying to, you're afraid of something. Like, it almost, 
especially the way the movie boils out, mm-hmm. it does feel like he's getting the sense that like we are we should be doing this, and the only reason you are not is because you have unresolved trauma. And once she figures that out, she does want to be with him. Like I kind of I kind of dig that about it. What did you think about him? I thought he was like a little pushy when she's just like, no, how about we just get a hot dog and go to a ball game? I don't want like a movie mm-hmm. and dinner kind of thing. Where it makes me think that she's maybe turned him down multiple times before and he's being like a little pushy mm-hmm. about it. I mean, I guess at the end when she is the one to initiate asking him out and he's like, oh, what? Okay. Like that made it okay. But I think in the beginning mm-hmm. when he's being so pushy about it, I was like, mm, I don't know about this guy. I can see why you're. Uh, rejecting him because he obviously isn't respecting your boundaries and keeps asking Mm. you, I guess. Right. And then I think also, like, her deal is that her parents died in a fire and she (laughs) could only save her little sister from the house while their parents died. So that's why, like, her Mm. little sister is important to her and she's the only family she has and why she has this fear of losing people who are important to her. And... That's one thing, but then I feel like actually dealing with the Wishmaster, that doesn't really have anything to do with her getting over that fear. She just, like, feels more Mm. confident to be like, oh, I figured out a way to foil this evil monster. Like, that didn't really feel like it went into her story, because her sister is still being held hostage, and she just figures out a way to save her, I guess, so she was still, like, scared of losing her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, did it work for you, Mikey? I can't tell if that's... Okay. How how did it work for you? And th- this will be my my Getting into the big, big idea. idea. The way that this movie kind of shook out, it does feel like it's about the idea of, and they say it out loud in the movie, stillness, getting your hmm. mind still. Um, they do. They literally do two oh, scenes yeah. before the end to build this up. But yeah, we didn't um, talk Alex, about this before. I, it was yeah. such like a smaller scene. I probably should have included it in the summary, but about how like Alex coaches a little league basketball team yes. like in her off time and gives some advice. And the way she describes like when you are ready to take a shot, you have to keep your mind still. You have to evolve stillness. You quiet your mind because all that matters is the basket and you. And that's how I like retro like that scene comes right after she talks to Josh and I was like, oh, this movie is going to be about her quieting her mind, taking all of the little excuses that come up when you want something. And it's like, well, but he'll leave you like your family left you. You'll let him down like you let your family down. When all of these little anxieties are talking, talking, talking at you, the way to defeat them is to be quiet, is to be still, is to let find out what you actually want. So, I, and that's why like, Okay. Um, I, like I don't that. know that I was necessarily getting that se- that sense from the scene with Josh, but I was like, oh, she's letting anxiety tank the reins as opposed to her own feelings. Uh, so once she said, like, it's about stillness, I was like, oh, I bet this movie is going to be about stillness. And it was because the whole thing with the Wishmaster and like we can all say like. Like, everybody knows that the third wish is going to cause the apocalypse. Like, everybody's kind of aware of that in this universe. Mm. I I can't remember if the sorcerer told the initial BCE guy that, like, that's what's going to happen. But, like, we know you can go two wishes and be done and move on with your life. Yeah. And let everything go. But when you have these anxieties talking to you, maybe you didn't do a good. maybe, Maybe you need another wish. Maybe you need to set this one last thing right. 
Alex is talking to her anxieties in the very end of this movie. She's talking about this question of like, do I wish my parents free? Do I want this at the cost of everything else? And when she's just emotional about it, when she's just letting the voices in her head talk to her about it, she's like, of course I do. But when she's still and she thinks about who she is and what she actually wants and who she is as a person, she's like, oh no, I can't just wish for the thing. I have to defeat this thing in front of me. And she does it. And it's like, it actually really worked well for me. I kind of liked this defeating the anxiety, defeating the trauma that is like talking at her and using her stillness brain to defeat the Wishmaster. Yeah, I think when you put it in and that- And get the boy! And get the boy! <laughs> that I yeah. About like she, get, she gets the girl at the end. Yeah, I think when you put it in that context, especially because she talks about like knowing your enemy- and then she mm-hmm. does kind of, like, she makes that be her first wish. So I was like, okay, that's smart. Yeah. Figure out who he is. And then instead of really, like, telling her, he just teleports her into the gem zone and it doesn't really give her any information. It's just like, he's evil? We knew that. He doesn't really give her more information to deal with. So I guess I kind of felt like that was the thing that she was talking about. Because it was like, you need to be still to know yourself and your enemy or, like, your opponent and when mm. you're on the court to do this thing. So I think I was kind of thinking hand in hand was like, well, she already tried that and then it didn't work. Um, but I think <laughs> yeah. this part where um, she has to, like in order to save her sister who is trapped behind the painting, she has to think about, well, how can I save my sister and not doom the entire world? And how can I just stop everything that happened? Like, do I have the power to do mm-hmm. that? And then she's like, okay, yeah, I'll just wish that the thing that he was never freed in the first place. There we go. Mm-hmm. Did it retroactively. And like, they never talk about how Aces like, him. is she going to keep her memory? Like she does, obviously, because she feels like the grown person who went through this experience and figured it out. Mm-hmm. Because that's when she asked well, out Josh. And when I was like, oh, okay, she did actually like him. So he wasn't being a creep. Okay, got it. Because here's the thing, like, even if she did lose her memories, there's still the idea that like, maybe that night she would have come around to that idea like she could have gone because she went to josh in the beginning of the movie and then she went to coach little league and that's when she said stillness be still Mm -hmm. and then if the wishmaster stuff doesn't happen then she can just go right to josh and be still and quell her anxieties and say like oh wait i do like you i would like to go out to dinner with you yeah i can see that i i wish there was a clearer answer because memory erasing stories do freak me out and i don't care for them Yeah, they're not great. I feel like based on her attitude and the way she's acting, it feels like she does still retain it because she feels a lot more Mm -hmm. confident. And like he he's even surprised that she's the one asking him out. He was like, oh, wait, this is happening. Oh, okay, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Yo, girl, we doing this thing? (laughs) How about dinner and a movie? What? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, Mikey, Mm -hmm. on a rating of... Zero out of five severed thumbs. How would you rate this movie? Roxy, I'm giving it four thumbs up. Four thumbs up? I'm going to grab four thumbs out of the big box of hands and hold up the thumbs. I thought this movie ruled. A lot of the magic was loosey-goosey. Wishmasters kind of just like, he's doing what he feels like. The rules aren't real tight. But damn, it's so fun. What a fun movie! Yeah, Mikey, I think we actually, we got the same rating. I also gave it a four out of five. Perfect because, yeah, score. this movie has fun. It has a very, like, For this movie. distinct villain with his own motivations, his own, like, persona, which is great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'd say also I, I agree with that part that it is uh, not 
not super tight on the rules, so they kind of like <laughs> fudge some things. And like I said, even with my kind of mild confusions, be like, did they hit the theme? I think they did, but not sure. Like, mm-hmm. whereas it was very clear for you, I see that, um, you know, maybe additionally, they could have been a little bit more clear about that. Right. But they were just having fun with it. All the performances were super fun, even the smaller ones. Yeah. The effects were great. It's also very much like a snapshot of the late 90s, which is always fun to see. Mm-hmm. And they defeat the evil guy and he's uh, he's in his gem prison to return, maybe, question mark. So it like resolved the story it had, but then left it open for a sequel, which mm-hmm. is what what makes a lot of these good horror movies stand out, I'd say. To become mm, franchises. So, Mikey, did you have a question for me? Yeah, you know, watching this uh, this Wishmaster film did feel like Alex had a very clear heart's greatest wish. She wanted her parents to not be burned. Roxy, what's your heart's greatest wish? God, my heart's greatest wish? I'm sick of money fucking over people, just in general, mm. not having enough of it, some people having too much. So I want that Star Trek future where we don't have to worry about money, and like people can be safe and taken care of, and... People like Jeff Bezos, who just hoard all the money like evil dragons, don't exist. I think that would be great. Mm. That's my greatest heart's desire. (laughs) What about you, Mikey? Mine is to have like a tiramisu cake that when you eat it, there's just a little steel plate and a button left. And you push the button and then it's a new tiramisu cake and you eat it, but it doesn't give you any calories. So you can eat it whenever you want. (laughs) (laughs) I just want a tiramisu. I mean, tiramisu is really good. You can wish for anything in the world. Tiramisu that doesn't give you calories. Yeah, a free tiramisu. But again, it's important that it has. No, it's important that it has a little steel plate with a button on the bottom that you can push to make a new tiramisu that will also not give you calories. (laughs) Up here, can Star Trek replicators do that? I know they can replicate the exact thing, but can they do it with zero calories? Can we combine our wishes, Mikey, and make them? the same wish added wishing yeah. power if we both if wish, wish- <laughs> roxy here's the deal if either one of our wishes come true we use it to make the other one's wish come true okay that sounds great i can we can make money off of <laughs> your tiramisu mm-hmm. cake if yours is the one that happens then we become the big money jeff bezos and crush jeff bezos yeah <laughs> that's how that works right <laughs> i'll just sell that tiramisu and there you go uh, so, Mikey, last week we made a bet, and that bet was how many total wishes are there in the movie Wishmaster? Yes. I said eight wishes. I said five. And the answer was, Mikey? Sixteen. Sixteen wishes. Sixteen. My God. I did not remember there being so many wishes. This is why my, I, I didn't have a ton of notes, because whenever there was a wish, I would just write w and circle it and then jot down the wish there are Uh so many wishes the persian king makes a wish josh wishes his pains away one guy wishes uh cancer on his greatest enemy you wish not to see you wish to be beautiful forever she turns into a mannequin Uh, this guy wishes that you i want you to leave and he does leave (laughs) but then he immediately gets another wish i'd love to see you go through me it's just there's so many wishes constant wishes 16 wishes overall Yeah, some of these folks get, like, multiple wishes, too. So, just multiple wishes on these folks. I would say too many wishes. I mean, 16, twice as many as you voted, Mikey. So, you you win with eight, and I lose with five, (laughs) because you were definitely the closest. Congratulations. 
You know, Roxy, I really thought the gem zone was a cool part of this whole movie. I almost wish we got to spend more time in it. Granted. Mikey, you made a wish. You should have known better. Of course the Wishmaster is in the scary basement. Oh no, we're getting sucked into the Wishmaster gem zone. Welcome to my domain. Now take a look at all you see before you. This is my gem zone. So this is where you live, huh? I like your giant monster cat. Hey, where does this door go? Don't open that. Huh? Why not? Oh. Oh, it's full of stuff. Wishmaster, are you a bit of a hoarder? No, I use all this stuff. And if I can't, I shall list it on eBay. That's a classic hoarder thing to say. You're never gonna sell it. I mean, look at all this stuff, dude. Do you really need all these meat cubes? I have a plan for those. What plan? I shall build a brick tower straight to hell. Mm, building a tower down? All right, this is my gem zone. Who are you to come in here and tell me how to store my extra thrones and meat cubes? Listen, man, we're just worried about you, okay? There's, like, not a ton of space here already. Me and Roxy have lived in a ton of small apartments, and it sucks. With all this stuff in here, it only just makes it smaller. Here, like, you have three boxes of severed human faces. What if we got that down to one box? That's still plenty of humans to disguise yourself as. For instance, you have Ronald Reagan's face. He's already dead. You'd totally stand out. Okay, I suppose we can get rid of Ronald Reagan's face. And some of these National Geographics? Do not touch the National Geographics! You have, like, every issue since the 80s. Yes, the 1880s. What if you just went through and picked out a couple favorites? Would you pick a favorite amongst your children? What kind of betrayal would that be to something you hold so dear? Dude really loves his Nat Geos. <laughs> Come on, Wishmaster, you have a bunch of cat monsters running around in here. I know! Did you? Or have they just been up in your stuff, reproducing without your knowledge? I know about all of these cat beasts. I've named them all. Why, that is Dave. And that is Sugaroth. And that's, uh... Dave, too. Really? That one sounds made up. You're right. His name isn't Sugaroth. I didn't know how many cats were in here, but I swear it's not a problem. I can handle all of these cats. I'm healthy and normal. This is so tough for me, Wishmaster. I just wish we could get a trash guy in here to, like, scoop all this stuff at... Oh, no. Oh, you said the thing. Your wish is granted. The trash man shall be you. But that'll take a long time. Yes, an entire afternoon. Is it cool if I come back on Saturday? I'm kind of in the middle of a podcast right now. Yes, yes, all good. No rush. Ugh, Roxy, all right, we're out of the gem zone. Okay, I never want to go back there again. You know, I love cats, Mikey, but that was too many demon cats for me. Uh, I don't understand how he stands to smell in that place either. Like, regular cat pee? Not great to smell, but can you even imagine demon cat pee? I mean, we yeah, we experienced pee- it. Everybody listening to this, be lucky you don't have to know what that smells like. That pee was actually roaring. <laughs> it was a puddle going. <laughs> it was quite demonic, so that makes sense. I was wondering what that noise was. <laughs> Explain so of many demonic, things. Who it is? The demon bot. Uh oh. Congratulations, you have successfully reviewed Wishmaster. Your souls are safe for another week.
For next week, you must review the 1991 film Child's Play 3 as the Chucky saga continues. I wish that was the title of Child's Play 3, colon, The Chucky Saga Continues. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Roxy, we're going to watch Child's Play 3. Let's make a bet for next week, huh? That sounds great. What what were you thinking for a bet? Listen, it's a Chucky movie. There's going to be a lot of kills. Mm -hmm. How many kills total do you think Chucky's going to get? Or that are going to happen overall in the movie? Total kills in Child's Play 3. My goodness. Okay, I haven't seen this one before, but it's the third one in the series, so I'm going to guess we're probably going to amp it up, so I will say 11. 11. I'm going to go even more than that. I'm going to say 15. 15 kills. Damn, okay. 15. And 11. We'll see. All right. So, Mikey, we've been talking about a lot of upsetting, but kind of ultimately uplifting things, what with destroying your inner demons and all that. So why don't we also talk about what's making us happy this week? So Mikey, what went down in your life to make you happy this week? I love it. Roxy, I just rebranded my Twitch and Twitter. Oh, I was working really hard to find a good nickname. And one thing that made me happy was a little bit of inspiration I got from AEW wrestler Matt Menard. Oh? Who uh, was talking on a podcast with another pro wrestler about changing his nicknames. At the time, his name was Matt Lee. He would later change it to Matt Menard. But he wanted to come up with, like, a nickname for it. And Mm -hmm. he goes on this podcast, and he's like, I got the list of names I pitched (laughs) for my new nickname. Okay. And he goes on this long list. Are you ready for the list? Yeah, I'm ready. Sounds exciting. He wants to go by... Summertime Matt Lee, The Hot Property Matt Lee, 99 Degrees Matt Lee, Prime Rib Matt Lee, Soft to the Touch Always in Style Matt Lee, The Genuine Article Matt Lee, $7 a Gallon Matt Lee, Hunk of Meat Matt Lee, The Finest Cut Matt Lee, Magic Jack Matt Lee, Fine Wine Matt Lee, Hot to the Touch Matt Lee, and his favorite, The Mississippi Mud Pie Matt Lee. It really clicked in my brain. It Uh clicked in my brain how to come up with a good nickname. It's just like, you just make a big list, couple of syllables, blank, blank, Matt Lee. So what is blank, blank, Mikey McCaller? And I came up with one that I kind of like. Okay, well, uh, lay it on us. What what is the grand rebranding of Mikey's Twitch? I ended up rebranding myself into Secret Blimp Mikey McCaller. Secret Blimp? What? Imagine keeping a blimp secret. It's very funny to me. (laughs) It's like like the least secret thing. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't name it something to do with like being trapped in a rhinoceros and yelling, I'm a rhinoceros as you kill people as a rhinoceros to be the most ridiculous (laughs) thing you can think of. That was like a peak ridiculous idea that I love from you. And now this is the new peak ridiculous idea (laughs) just secret blimp i love it though this is great secret blimp what are some of the uh what are what are some of the failed ones that you threw out there can can you say great question yeah we got to hear a list of your wrestler guys ones i'll tell you the one i i did really want was to be a gossip hound mikey mccaller oh one big hint mikey mccaller uh the whole ball game mikey mccaller secret galaxy bumblebee galaxy mikey mccaller uh, Stiff as a Board, Mikey McCaller. <laughs> Story Country, Mikey McCaller. Uh, Stream Drop, Mikey McCaller. That one's not really going anywhere. I mean, that's the whole point of iterating. Mikey City Soundtrack, I liked. There you go. I mean, those are all really solid. I'm glad you found one that you like above all of them, though. That's fun. Yeah, I like it the best. Brainstorming like that. Hell yeah. It's fun. Roxy, what's making you happy? 
Uh, the thing that made me happy this week was uh, seeing some art mentors and friends that I literally haven't seen or hung out with in years because of the pandemic and oh, even wow. like crazier life stuff before then. So I got to go into the studio and say hi to folks in person I hadn't seen in so long. And it's kind of like just picking up where you left off. I was so excited to see everybody. Mm-hmm. One of them made homemade biscuits for everybody. <sighs> it's like eating. It was absolutely delicious. Incredible. Getting able, just being able to like hang out do kind of a work day. It was mostly like socializing, but I actually did get like some line art for an illustration I was working on done as well. So it was like both productive mm-hmm. and I got to just see people and hang out and then like make plans for the future. And I'm going to try and go every week to hang out with those folks from now on, which like for someone who has just been working from home for literal years nonstop, it's, it's nice to have an excuse to go out and meet, meet folks, especially when they kind of feel like, like, I moved to the city in the first place for an internship with these guys. And then, like, you know, all these years mm. later, I never expected to really be living here. But it's kind of crazy to think about how long I've known them and how influential uh, and positive they've they've been in my life. So, yeah, just great all around. That's great. I'm glad you got to see your friends again in real life, even. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> all right. So, Mikey, it is now time for Haunted Plugs. So, Mikey, where can people find you on the internet? It's brand new now. You can find mm-hmm. me on Twitter at Secret Blimp. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Secret Blimp. And on YouTube at some point. The channel is called Secret Blimp. Oh, so great. So for that on YouTube. Hell yeah. So I'm on Twitter as Red Mage Roxy. I am also on Twitch as Red Mage Roxy. Also, make sure to give us five stars on your listening platform of choice. Make sure they're five scary stars. Or leave a review and share and scare the podcast with your friends. And as always, don't sign any contracts offered to you by demon robots. <laughs> <laughs>